Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, PA. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Welcome to the third Sunday of Advent. The candle of joy has now been lit and it's kind of interesting because in the unfolding story of Christmas, with the advent or the arrival of Jesus, there is a celebration. There is joy. It's December 13th. For those of you who are keeping track, you have 12 shopping days left to find that perfect gift that brings joy. And this is what we've been talking about at Valley Point. We're in a series right now called Unwrapping the Perfect Gift. Let me ask you this. Have you ever watched someone open a perfect gift? And and you just know what's coming. And you know they have no idea. But it's something that they have wanted or something that they have needed. And you have the joy of watching them open this gift. What normally happens in that moment? I think there's a few things that happen. Their eyes get bright. I mean, their eyes get really bright. And then that is normally followed by screams and tears and laughter and hugs and craziness. It is pure euphoria. It's joy. What's interesting about the perfect gift is that it doesn't always have to be the most expensive gift, right? It's just perfect. And when it's opened, look out. (laughs) Look out. The perfect gift. It brings joy and it brings celebration. Here's our big idea for today, and that is a perfect gift is celebrated. And that's just what happens. A perfect gift is celebrated. So here's what I want to do today. There are actually two different passages of Scripture that share the story of the birth of Jesus, and uniquely, the word joy is found in both. And here's the deal. Sometimes we think of the birth of Jesus as this somber, very quiet event, don't we? Like everybody in the manger scene has a halo, and their head is bowed in reverence, and even the animals that are a part of the manger scene have their heads bowed toward the little baby Jesus, and it is quiet and somber and reverent. Yeah, I don't think that's actually the way it happened, because there is a birth involved, And whenever a baby is born, there is always joy and always a celebration. I've had six kids. And ladies, don't you like when a man says they've had six kids? That's a great thing, right? So my wife, Tanya, has had six kids, and I was just there. But I can tell you this. When those gifts arrived, there was joy. There was celebration. And family came to the hospital, and when they arrived, there was joy, and there was celebration. And other guests came, and there was more joy and more celebration. And I think that is what is taking place with the birth of Jesus. We've got a mom and a dad, and it is their first child. 
There's joy. There's celebration. And then we know based on what scripture tells us is that there were guests that arrived. And when they came, there was joy and there was celebration. So here's the plan. Here's kind of what I want to walk through today. We're going to read from Luke chapter 2 in just a moment and talk about some shepherds. And then we're going to flip back a few books in the New Testament to Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to read about some wise men who were seeking this Christ child. And then after that, we're going to go back to Luke chapter 2 and talk about the shepherds again. All right, so we're going to do shepherds, wise men, and then shepherds. Make sense? All right, if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Luke chapter 2. And what we have here is some shepherds who are out in the field doing their thing. They're taking care of sheep, which doesn't exactly sound that exciting, but yet that was their job. And then what we find is that all of a sudden, their dull evening is interrupted with craziness in the sky, and some spectacular things begin to happen. So let's read about this. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. All right, everybody with me so far? We've got shepherds. They're out in the field. They're just doing their thing. And then all of a sudden, craziness begins. And this is a freak out moment for them. Verse 10. But the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great... Say the word with me. Let's try it again. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. All right, let's do a little word study here. This word joy actually comes from the Greek word kara. And the word kara means to rejoice or to be glad or to be delighted. And that's actually what's happening here with this news that the angel is delivering. There is joy. There is happiness. There is delight. Now, here's the great thing, though, about the construction of this sentence. It's actually what we find before the word joy that brings great and deep meaning into this whole story. So let's go back to verse 10 for a moment. It says, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The word great there in verse 10 comes from the Greek word megas. And megas means great, means big, it means mighty, it means mega. That makes sense, doesn't it? And so what we find here is that the angels are delivering this message to these shepherds who are just out in the fields doing their thing, taking care of business with the sheep and guarding them and protecting them. And the angel appears. And what we discover is mega kara. There is great joy in the middle of all of this. This is very strong language here. It's not just, yeah, that was great joy. No, it's, there was great joy. 
joy. There was mega kara. There was delight and surprise that was happening here. So I want you to remember all of that, okay? We've got kara, means joy, and we've got megas, which means to be great or to be magnified or to be very, very full. So we've got some great, great news that's happening here. Now, I want you to find Matthew chapter 2. And these words will appear on the screen in just a moment as well. And what we find in Matthew chapter 2 that is separate from the shepherds is that there is a group of wise individuals, some scholars who have been studying the skies. And they find a star that is unusual, and they begin to research and study this star. And their research actually brings them to the point where they follow this particular star. So here's what Matthew chapter 2 Verse 9 says, And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with, say the word, joy. Yeah, they were filled with joy. And this is where it gets kind of interesting. Because that word joy there is the same word that we find in Luke chapter 2. It is the word Kara, and it means to rejoice or to be happy or to be delighted. And so what we find here in Matthew chapter 2 is that when these wise individuals, when they saw the star, they were filled with happiness and delight and with joy. That's what happened there. But I want you to look at verse 10 again. It says, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Now, do you see that phrase, they were filled There's two words there, and from those two words in the original language, we get the word megas. And so what we find in Matthew chapter 2 is the exact same language that we find in Luke chapter 2, Luke 2.10, Matthew 2.10, there is megas kara, there is great joy, and all of this is a result of the advent or the arrival of Jesus. Now, what happens to these wise individuals in Matthew chapter 2 is that they spend some time with the family of Jesus, and they share some gifts, and then they return home. And that's pretty much all that we know about them. Anything else is speculation. Now, I would like to think, here's what happened to them. I would like to think that they experienced this mega joy and it so filled them and so changed them that they ran back home and found their family and friends and began to tell them everything about the arrival of this child. But we don't really know that. Here's what we do know. We know exactly what happened to the shepherds. And it's as I like to say, fantastic. I mean, it's just amazing what happens to them. So I want you to go back to Luke chapter 2 now. And here's how we see them changing. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 15. It says, When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, All right, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, 
The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. I always thought verse 18 is kind of interesting and confusing. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Why would they be surprised? Why would they be astonished at the great joy that the shepherds are displaying to the crowd there? Remember, we talked about this last week. God was dripping information about the arrival of his son. He predicted, he prophesied that he was going to come. So you wouldn't think people would be that surprised when he actually arrives. Because God said, he's coming. Look for him. Watch, it's going to happen. So when it actually does happen, and these shepherds are filled with great joy, why is everyone astonished? at their report. Well, here's a couple of thoughts. Number one, shepherds were probably hired individuals who lived off the land with the sheep. In this culture, it wouldn't be unusual for adult grown shepherds to hire young boys or young girls to take care of the sheep. That's just what they did. And that certainly stands in stark contrast to our Western concept of the shepherds in the story of Jesus and the picture we have of the manger scene of these individuals being adults. The reality is they probably weren't. They were probably very young. And because they were young shepherds, they really didn't have a lot of credibility. And so when they begin talking to other people about what they have seen and what they have observed, nobody would have taken these young kids, these young shepherds seriously. Secondly, the shepherds would have been viewed as outcasts. They were less than normal. They were lower class citizens. See, first century shepherds had an unsavory reputation. And here's what they were known for. They were known for being very dishonest and they were known for stealing. So if shepherds came onto your property, it's like lock the doors because the shepherds have arrived and they are dishonest thieves. We don't want them around at all. They were rough, dirty characters. And because of that, they were considered religiously unclean. And because they were considered religiously unclean, they would not have been able to participate in temple worship. These young shepherds, marginalized, pushed to the fringes, outcasts that nobody really paid attention to at all. And that's why I think people were astonished at their mega joy. Let's just think about this for a moment because I think it's a fascinating thought. The very first people possibly on the scene to see God in the flesh all right, let's not forget, this is more than just a baby. It's actually God here on earth. He has arrived. This is a really big deal. The very first people to see God in the flesh outside of Mary and Joseph are outcasts and dirty individuals who weren't even fit in the eyes of society to worship in the temple. That's who God appears to first. It's kind of a crazy story, and it stems from these crazy, dirty little shepherds. But 
a perfect gift. What is it? It's celebrated. And so what we discover right away is that there are individuals who are lowly and marginalized who discover great joy. There are also individuals who were wise and smart, who observed and saw, and they were also filled with mega joy. So what what does this mean for us? Here's a couple of takeaways for us to consider. Number one. Allow the perfect gift of Jesus to change how you feel. Would you allow that to happen to you personally as you move through the Advent season? Would you just allow the perfect gift of Jesus to change how you feel? In Matthew chapter 2, joy. In Luke chapter 2, there is Joy. And whenever we see people bumping into Jesus and having encounters with him throughout the pages of Scripture, over and over again, the experience is filled with a lot of joy. So, a couple of questions. If you have trusted in Jesus alone to save you, if you have embraced his leadership and his forgiveness, is there a measurable amount of joy coming from what he has done for you In your life? Can you see that? Can you point to that measurable amount of joy in your life? And if not, why not? Have you pulled away? Have you drifted a bit? Have you sensed that God just isn't showing up for you? Well, then perhaps, perhaps it's time to celebrate the gift of Jesus again because He brought mega joy. That's what he brought into the world. And perhaps it's time to reignite the flame of his love in your heart. Well, how do you do that? Well, here's a couple of suggestions. If you want to ignite the love of God in your heart again, find some crazy, dirty shepherds. Right? Like, they exist. They're out there. People who are marginalized and pushed to the fringes of society. Those who are less than normal and neglected the hurting, the poor, the orphaned, crazy, dirty shepherds. Finding them and serving them in all ways brings a level of joy into our lives. And here's another way that we can engage in this, and that is to get really generous with our time and with our resources this month. There is something about finding people who need a lot of help and becoming generous with who we are and what we have that brings a level of measurable joy in our lives. And so the question is, The perfect gift of Jesus should change how we feel. Is that happening in your life? Is there a measurable amount of joy? If there isn't, there is a way that you can get that back. Pursue that and chase that. Because the perfect gift of Jesus, it just changes how you feel. Secondly, allow the perfect gift of Jesus to change your priorities. I'd like to think that happened for the wise men. We don't know exactly. We do know that it happened for the shepherds. Like life just changed for them and they had a new experience and they had a new message to share with everybody else. Even though people didn't believe them because of who they were and their reputation, their priorities were changed. What about you? 
What about you? See, the perfect gift of Jesus allows us to forgive instead of seeking revenge. It frees us to compassionately share, and it encourages us to generously give. The perfect gift of Jesus changes our priorities, and it rearranges them, and all of a sudden, there's less of a focus on me and my issues and my problems and even my success and more of a desire to honor God and to respect him and to give him what he wants and what he deserves, to put a smile on the face of God. And I ask better questions, like what would Jesus want? And then I begin to move in that direction. See, listen, I think when we rearrange our priorities in light of the perfect gift of Jesus, it just brings this joy into our lives. Think about this now. A perfect gift is celebrated. A perfect gift is celebrated. The perfect gift of Jesus was celebrated. Father, we're thankful for a little bit of time this morning to look at these two incredible passages of Scripture that reveal to us the joy that surrounded your advent, your arrival. Not only was there joy there, there was great joy. There was mega joy, and people knew it, and it changed individuals. God, I believe it changed the wise men as they returned home, and we certainly know, based on what we discovered, that it changed the shepherds. God, I pray that you would allow the perfect gift of Jesus here on this Sunday, and as we move towards celebrating your birth, that it would change us and that you would help us to experience the same level of joy in our lives. God, for those that have trusted in you alone to save them, I pray that they would see this measurable joy in their lives. God, for those who haven't trusted yet, who are kind of kicking the tires and trying to figure out if this is real or not, I pray that you'd help them to continue to question, to continue to seek, and to consider the claims of the life of this baby who changed everything and who can bring joy into our lives a joy that just supersedes and rides above all of the circumstances around us. So God, as we continue to move through the season with everything that's happening, all of the events, all of the people to see, all of the things that we must do, God, I pray that you'd help us to remember that the advent, the arrival of Jesus was a celebration It brought joy, and we should see that in our lives. So help us to live that out this week and this month. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m. 